this trip. We have been homebound for too long through COVID. And, uh, and then there were some years before that that we were here. In fact, I, we should have looked up when the last time was. But it, it's been a long time. But just to get back and talk to some of the people we've met and uh, worked with and enjoyed company, it's a wonderful thing, each church we've gone to. Uh, we appreciate the support that you've given and the prayer. It has meant so much for us. Uh, we just see the Lord working in many ways, uh, and we re realize people have been praying. Okay, will you take your Bibles, please, and turn to Psalm 67, please. Psalm 6, 7. We could start that PowerPoint. Uh, I will probably be looking around every now and again just to make sure that you're somewhere close to where I am. All right. So Psalm 67, uh, you can give it a click. <clears throat> I've titled this message, God Loves the Heathen. God loves the heathen. That included us at one time, so we can be very thankful. I forgot I have a clicker. I'll see if I can make that work. Let's see what's up here. Yeah. And uh, the question is, can we? Think back with me. Uh, God created Adam and Eve, and they all had the gospel right from the beginning. But before he came to judge the earth, he sent Noah, a preacher of righteousness, for 120 years begging the people to turn from their way because he was concerned. God has no, no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Ezekiel tells us two different places. You fast forward a little bit to uh, Abraham and the promise that God gave to him. He said, you're going to be a blessing to all peoples, not just us four and no more. You know how that goes? To everybody. We end up in the book of Revelation where it is so clear. Four times it mentions every nation, every tribe, every family, every kindred. Four different times. Mentioning uh, from all over the world. We obviously feel comfortable with our own people. And if, if uh, you were with... You know, you have your family, you quite often you're with your family. If you were out in public and there were people there that spoke French and other people spoke uh, Spanish, guess who you would want to be with? Those who speak English, unless you know those languages. That, that's just natural. We, we think about ourselves, but do we think about everybody else that's out there? God does. So the question I have, can we think about that? Let's see if this will work. Yeah. So the question is, can we? You have to first decide whether that's even a possibility. And then once you say, well, I could. Will you? Will we? Now we go to Psalm 67. And you can follow along in your Bible. You'll have the verses up here as well. And uh, yeah. The first section, I'm going to entitle, Bless 
Because we read in the first verse, God be merciful unto us and bless us. Cause his face to shine upon us. This is a prayer. God, will you bless us? And it's almost uh, like there's some urgency. These people that have known that tornadoes were coming toward them, not just one day, two days, three days, over and over again. I'm sure they were saying almost with, uh, uh, with an urgency about them, God, be merciful unto us. Bless us. Cause his face to shine upon us, to smile. That's the prayer. But there's a reason for that prayer. And you'll find that in the next verse. That thy way may be known upon earth. I'll just make sure we're all together here. Good. Can you read that? Is that big enough? Okay, good. Now, there is a, there are, there's a whole group of people that they come to church so that they can get a $100,000 a year job. Two-car garage, vacations for four years, room for improvement, big company. That's what God has for you. You come to our church and you'll be blessed. We do not have to guess why the psalmist is praying for blessing. He tells us. Let's not miss that. God be merciful unto us. Bless us. Cause his face to shine upon us, Selah. That is the purpose. That thy way may be known upon earth. How many times have you been around people and you've sensed there's something different about these people? Maybe think back before you were saved. Think back to what it was like to be around someone who really knew the Lord. There was, there was a smile on their face. There, there was a, a joy about them. And you just knew that there's something special about this person. Now the psalmist is saying, Lord, please bless us. Please bless us. There's people out there. And we want to know, we want them to know how you work with people. That they can look at our lives and say, oh, that's what God does. Here's this fella who was thinking of committing suicide. Everything was bad and, uh, you know, regardless of whatever reason, drugs or whatever. And you're thinking suicide and God reached down and saved that person. And instead of someone going to hell, there was someone who was saved that day and came to know the Lord. And instead of that despair and that gloom, instead of that, there was joy. And happiness. Now, if, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I would hope that you would listen carefully to this message and allow your heart to warm up to God's heart. God is not interested in that any should perish. He wants all to come to know the, the Savior. So we have the reason. What's the purpose for God blessing me? God gives me money. God gives me talents so that I can have an influence on the world. Likewise for you as well. Uh, you say, no, 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 no. That, that my money's my money. Oh, really? Let's let God take care of that. He can take your money any day of the week and you'll be penniless. Don't, don't start talking about your money, your talent, your time. It's God's. And he gave it to us. He blesses us so that we can.
can show the world what God is like. It's a shame when you have Christians running around with a long face and uh, moaning and groaning. Now, I understand if you listen to CNN all the time. I can understand where you're not going to get much joy from CNN. All right. Or MSNNDC or whatever all those letters are. Your joy will come from your time with God every day. You set aside that time in his word and see what God does to your life. It's almost like when Moses came down from the mountain. His face shone. All right. You will be different. I know that you will be different. God changed me. I know what he did in my life. And I know what he continues to do through his word. If you'll do that, you will be different. And people will wonder, who is this God? Notice, that thy way may be known upon earth, thy saving health among all nations. Some nations are horrible. I talked this morning that we know of tribes where their, seemingly their pastime was to go to a neighboring village, kill somebody, cut his head off, and bring it back as a trophy. Can you imagine living in a society like that? And God can take that person and save them, and he has. In those villages where there were so many of these murderers, God has turned out dozens and dozens of Christians. That's God's way. And we get blessed so that we can make God's way known and his saving health among all nations, even the ones that are the most horrible of nations. What about those five fellows who went down to the Aka Indians? If you don't know the story, you need to learn about that one how they gave their life so that that tribe could get saved, and they did get saved, all right? But they killed all five of them. It wasn't an easy death. It was horrible death. Now, I'd like you to skip ahead to verse 6, please, where we read, yeah. and God, even our own God, shall bless us, God shall bless us. You say, well, that sounds like where we started. We prayed for blessing. Well, now here's the answer. God, even our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Now, before there was a purpose given for that blessing. Now we're going to get an answer to that prayer. All the ends of the earth shall fear him. All the ends. You say, well, how are they going to hear? Well, they're going to hear with a preacher. And God has been sending preachers right and left uh, down through the years. Uh, but we encourage all, every Christian to think, what might I do to be able to give the gospel to those people that don't have it? I hope you'll be thinking about that during, especially during this message. God loves the heathen. Can we? Will we? Those are questions we need to ask. But before we go too far from this, do you, do you see what's happening here? 
the way that Psalm 67 starts is the way that Psalm 67 ends. Do you see that? You had the first part about a prayer for blessing, and then the purpose given that God's way may be known upon earth, thy saving health among all nations. Well, now we come to the end, and we have that God, even our own God, shall bless us, but we still have another part to go to. Let's go ahead to the next one, and it does work. Good. The reason I'm checking that, we, we have a long auditorium where we minister, and sometimes the clicker doesn't work. So you have to make sure. Okay, but this is working fine, so I'm, I'm going to forget about looking behind. But notice, we started in verse 1, a prayer for blessing. Why? So that everybody on earth may know about God and how he can save. And then we repeat that idea about blessing and with the assurance God's going to bless us. And all the ends of the earth shall fear him. Do you see how it mirrors the first part, mirrors the last part? We're talking about all the earth here. And we talked about all the earth in verse 2. Now we're talking about all the earth in the second part of verse 7. The psalm doesn't end there, obviously. Let's go to the next section that I've just simply entitled, Let the Peoples Praise Thee. All right? And that's right out of the text. Look at verse 3. Let the people praise thee. Let all the people praise thee. Sounds like a prayer again, doesn't it? And I better make sure I click this the right amount of times. Yeah, good. Okay. Now, there's even more to that prayer. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. If you came with us, and looked at the people that we see when we go into the city. How many happy people are there? How many people have any joy? How many people have a smile? Almost none of them. Why? Because they don't know our God. That's why. Here, there's a prayer you know, that the peoples, we, we want to see more and more people come to the Lord so they can praise God. And uh, in the process, they're going to find themselves with gladness and with singing. Singing is a huge part of the Christian ministry we have to others. Um, how many people do you pass in the day of your, uh, any day of the week you have where people are singing? Do you have anybody like that? How about the people on drugs? Are they singing? The alcoholics, huh? The people that, that are trying to get rich and they're doing a good job of it, are they singing? Most, that's just not, that doesn't describe the wicked. But now the psalmist is saying, if God, the God's saving health can be broadcast around the world, we're going to have more people praising God and they're also going to be glad and they're going to sing for joy. The American Indians were so surprised when many of the settlers came. And they came onto the beaches here of the, what's now the United States. And they bowed down and prayed and sang. The testimony of many of those uh, American Indians is, what's this? What's this melody? What's this singing? What are they singing about? Well... The psalmist says that this is, this is what we want. 
We want nations to be singing and to be glad. Now, as you might guess, I'm going to have you skip ahead again. Let's go to verse 5. Do I have it up? Okay, good. As long as I can keep track of this. Does this sound familiar? Verse 3 was, let the people praise thee, let all the peoples praise thee. Verse 5, let the people praise thee, let all the peoples praise thee. Do we write like that? When we write poetry, do we, do we write this way? That the beginning is like the end? And the second part is like the second part from the end? I don't write that way. I don't think that way. But they did. And you will miss a huge blessing if you come to the Old Testament and you go to outline it and you say, they don't outline it like I outline it. It's because they have a different system. And we're going to come to the conclusion of all that in just a minute. So we have that repeated, word for word. But there's something added, and that's typical in their style. They would state a topic, and then when they revisit that topic later, they'll add a little bit of something. Before, it simply said, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. But now in verse 5, and I did something. What did I? Here it is. Let the peoples praise thee. Let all the peoples praise thee. Verse 6, then shall the earth yield her increase. Not just a matter of joy, not just a matter of singing, but the earth is going to bring forth. Now, there are verses that treat the earth almost like it was human. It says the earth is going to bring forth uh, truth and righteousness and so forth. Uh, there in Isaiah, he talks about the trees clapping their hands. All right. Now, I wouldn't be surprised. I'll put it this way. I wouldn't be surprised, but in the millennium, when Jesus rules for a thousand years, we will see that. The trees will be so thankful. They have been obediently opening up their leaves every spring and bringing forth sing seeds to bear more fruit. But they have been living under the curse of sin because man on this earth has disregarded everything God has told him to do. We have a conscience. The first time, even as a baby, we lie, it hurts inside. What's that? That's conscience. Every, the first time that we steal something, uh, the first time that we're proud, the first time that we do any of these things, we feel it inside. That's because God has given us all a conscience. And we need to come to Christ and the whole world is going to benefit from it. It says the whole world groans and travails together in sin because of what people are doing on the earth. And if you have any lack, you're not sure what kind of sin is going on, then, then watch CNN. Okay? You'll, you'll see every kind of ungodliness uh, that, that is out there and they will not only be doing it, they will be applauding it and encouraging everybody to join them in their wickedness. When that sin matter is taken care of, and at the end of the tribulation, when God reclaims the earth, the title deed that's opened with those seven seals, 
when he reclaims the earth and says, this is mine. Satan no longer is going to have a, a, a hold on this. And anyone who sins is going to die under the hand of the rod of Jesus Christ. People will go into the millennium saved. And this world will see a time, a time of prosperity that it has never seen before. Can you imagine if everyone in the United States decided to give his boss a good day's work? He would not steal from his boss. He wouldn't lie. Can you imagine what this country could produce? You have these big executives that are walking away with millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. And quite often, most of it's coming from the United States taxpayers. Despicable. But that's going to end. And when it ends, oh my, it's going to be joyous to see Jesus ruling on this earth for a thousand years. And as it says in verse 6, then shall the earth yield her increase. The bounty that will come, the good weather, uh, the way the soils will produce, there's going to be nothing like this that has ever been and it will be when Jesus rules. I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but maybe that's on purpose. God, that is Jesus, judges and governs. We move ahead into the next uh, uh, part, but before I do, I need to just remind you that the New Testament tells us that all judgment has been given to the Son. That's why I put this here. And if you look at the sermons that are preached in the book of Acts, you'll note the judgment is a major theme in all of those messages. And they mention that Jesus will be the judge. And didn't Jesus say, many will say unto me, Lord, Lord, haven't we um, yeah, prophesied in thy name? And in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. Then will I say unto them, Jesus said, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Jesus is going to say that to them. He is the judge. And so when we look at uh, 4b, what does it read? For thou shalt judge the people righteously. Today, all justice seems to be turned upside down. The sinner gets set free, and those who are, are innocent or those who have done almost nothing, they get crucified. That's going to end. Jesus is going to bring that to an end. The tribulation period is going to accomplish that in a marvelous way. There's a second part to that verse. Not only does it say, for thou shalt judge the people righteously, but it also says, and govern. Govern. Govern sounds more than just judgment. Govern sounds like a thousand years. The millennium. When Jesus is going to rule the nations upon earth. And there will be huge rejoicing when that time comes. Now if you've been following this, you'll notice there's a structure to this psalm that I, I just want to point out to you before we leave it. I know we, we're going to be running out of time here soon. But uh, let's take a look. Make sure we're at the right spot. This I know is too small for you to read. But we already read it, all right? 
But I just remind you, in the first verse and the second verse, there were two parts, right? There was a prayer, and then there was um, the purpose of that prayer. And then we looked at the end, where uh, in verse 6, and the the end of verse 6, and God, even our own God, shall bless us. So that's that same idea again. All the ends of the earth shall fear him. So we had the beginning and the end basically the same with a little modification. Now, did I get? Yeah, I did. Okay, now, then you remember we had that section, let all the people praise thee, right? Yeah. And, uh, and again, more prayer, uh, that the nations would be glad and sing for joy. And then it was repeated. Oh, that strange organization for us, all right? Almost the same way, but then it would... It, Ended up with that uh, promise of what's going to happen. The earth shall yield or increase. And then we come to the middle, which had also two parts. For thou shalt judge the people righteously, and then secondly, and govern the nations upon earth. Now, do we have it all up there? Yeah, good. There, this style can be seen even in the first chapter of Genesis. It goes this kind of thing, maybe not exactly the same way. This runs all through the Old Testament. Let's, let's get practical. Have you read the Song of Solomon and been a little bit embarrassed in chapter 1? Because the wedding's in chapter 3. What's she talking like she's already married? Well, you need to understand, in their thinking... The climax, the most important, the big emphasis, the focus is on the middle. When it comes time for fireworks, we expect not the climax to be in the middle of the fireworks, but at the end, right? And so we come to some of these, these books and we, we wonder what's going on. When we st- if we at least remember this one thing. The climax is often in the middle. What is the climax of the book of Lamentations? And I, you know, I could spend, and that's a whole other message. Um, but if you'd, if you'd work on, just trust me on this one, okay? Because <laughs> if I get to trying to describe it, we could be here a good bit of the time. Uh, the climax is great is thy faithfulness. Thy mercies are new every morning. And that's in a book that's describing horrible, horrible, horrible judgment from chapter 1, 2, 3, until you get almost to verse 22. And then that's that middle section. What about the judgment in Isaiah chapter 3, if you were to look at that? Some of these you could look up this afternoon with profit and to help you. It talks about the judgment God's going to bring upon the great men and the wise men and the mighty men and blah, 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 and so forth. And they're going to receive the fruit of their doings. And in the middle, again, that's repeated at the end, just like, just like this structure. In the middle, what's the verse? Tell the righteous it will be well with them. We need to hear that because we hear all the bad news And as Christians, we know where it's going. We know the end of this story. It's going to keep getting worse and worse and worse. And those myriads, those millions and millions of people who are going to get saved during the tribulation period may have to die because they got saved. They will not be able to buy food or buy or eat. 
That's just going to be the result of many. We have the privilege today of serving the Lord without that great a cost. Uh, but the, the privilege is that here in this passage, as well as in Isaiah, as in Lamentations, as well as Song of Solomon, the book of Isaiah, and on and on and on it goes. The climax is in the middle. And the climax here is God is going to judge. We just heard a story a couple days ago of a five-year-old, a girl. And I guess there, was, there were some other younger boys that had come, and they had pulled every toy off the shelf. And it was all over the room. And then, then they left. And the mother came in to the girl and said, you need to clean this up. And she, the mother heard this five-year-old say, that's not right. That's not right. That's not right. It's going to be right. All right? When Jesus comes back, he is going to judge the people righteously. And I, I, I should have said this earlier. Sometimes we use the word people to include everybody. The people of the United States. All right? Plural. Well, that's how every one of the times you see the word people, you need to think plural. Because that's what it is in Hebrew. And so every time you see people, it's talking about the heathen. God will judge the people righteously. Everything that people thought, were, was, everything that was done that was despicable and horrible, that's going to be judged. And somehow that's all going to be made right. That's Jesus' job. And he will do a marvelous work of it. And then he will govern the nations upon earth. That is where the emphasis is in Psalm 67. Now we can have a part in this by providing funds for missionaries to do what they do. We can have a part in this by uh, ourselves volunteering to go, much like Isaiah went and said, Lord, here am I. Send me. Uh, I'll say this not in, a, not in a boastful way. I think you'll understand. Um, I'm, I'm going to be 76 next, next month, almost next month, June, all right? When we started going on deputation when we were retirement age, around 65. And one fellow asked the question, he said, you know, most folks your age are looking for a rocking chair. What, what, what's, what's to this? We had to say, no, God's called us to do this work, so we do it. Uh, and how long will we do it? Well, I, this is what I love to do. Why would I stop wanting? Now, I may get pretty feeble at times. If that's the case, someone will say, Brother George, you've had a great ministry, but uh, I think this is about, you, you can hardly get two thoughts out. It's about time to hang it up. And I hope I can take that graciously. But until that time happens, we're just going to serve the Lord. I, we've spent the last couple of days uh, with Mark's father. He's 80. And it is a joy to watch him. And he's down in Warren, even as we speak, helping a church that needed assistance. And if the Lord can use us into the future, amen, we're going to keep going as long as he gives us the grace and a brain to work with. So I, I guess maybe just come to the question that we need to ask. Well, I think somewhere. Oh, 
I'm hitting the wrong button. Can't expect that to do anything by hitting the button up here. I'll, I'll get it straight. So the question is, can we love the heathen? And then maybe more personally, will we? Oh, thank you, Brother Salfer, and uh, we're going to be studying a lot more about this topic as we study the book of Revelation in the, in the coming weeks. I invite you back here on Sunday morning. Uh, 